The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So welcome. Welcome. I'm so happy to be here. Um, tonight, I want to share with you some um, reflections on love. The subject of tonight is love. Uh, we're still in February, so um, I thought that it will be, will be good to touch the topic a little bit more. Maybe we continue talking about it for the rest of the year, right? <laughs> so um, So in our society, we we see all these different perspectives and we receive different um, different ways of how uh, we express love or how other people express love to us and uh, within society um, how different groups interacts interact in 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 terms of um, appreciation and and working together, collaborating together. And there's um, there are different views in which love is is held. Um, we see also different types of love. We see parental love. We see um, romantic love. Um, we see in our daily lives also um, love towards maybe a cause that is very dear to us or maybe towards humanity. And um, sometimes we forget, but we also, we also see how we receive loves within ourselves, you know, how, how we love ourselves. So many different ways in which um, we see the expression of love in our society and, and daily life. And in this tradition, love is talked um, through the four divine abodes, loving kindness or friendliness, goodwill towards others, uh, compassion the resonance of the heart towards other, um, others uh, suffering, uh, appreciative joy, the happiness, the, the, the happiness that maybe one feels towards the, the, the joy, the happiness of others, and um, equanimity, um, the balance in the middle of things, independently of whatever happens, whatever is present. So tonight I will talk to you about different, different aspects about what, what do we love, what, what we love and how we love, what we love and how we love. And um, 
And I will do that through my own experience and through different teachings that have helped me to, to understand love better. So when we relate to others, we do it frequently through filters, through filters that may be our perceptions, our beliefs, um, our notions, our life history. We bring all that in one moment, in one nanosecond, we see someone that says hi, and boom, all these different things show up we don't even notice. Um, But when all these notions and perceptions are present, do we really see this person? Do we really see who this person is, the nature of this person? Hmm? Sometimes we miss out. We may not see the true nature of this person. Um, Through our practice and, and through mindfulness, we may look deeply and realize that there's much more to this person than what we think we see. Um, we, can, we can realize that this person that presents in, in front, that is present in front of us in, in, in that body um, is made of water, is made of maybe the earth in some ways when we when we die and our body decays where where how how where does it go um, we may realize that it also made of um, air and and space it occupies a space and so when we look at, at this, this question of, we reflect on this question of what, what do we love? Do we love this, this confined person in, in this body? Or uh, is it our, the notions, the perceptions, what, what we believe? What is it? And, and how, how do we love? When we get to to understand that there's more than our perceptions and our notions about this person, we may see that um, yes, that there is much more there. And sometimes, you know, I'm not saying that these views. Um, May, be, may not be useful in when we're relating to others. It may, it's, it's just like many things in life, how we use them in a skillful way. When we listen to someone else and we see where they're coming from based on their beliefs and their life experiences and, and um, their notions, there may be some space also to see, oh, okay, I understand. 
I understand where this person is coming from. So what I'm talking about here is, is to, to, when we look at how we love and how we, we relate, how we express friendliness, uh, I'm talking about um, keeping, keeping an open mind. And, and not being fixed in our views and, and what do we believe that is being presented to us because there may be so much more. So through our direct experience, then we can see that also there may be other things that we, uh, we may be missing uh, through, through practicing, seeing through our senses through practicing mindfulness of um, um, mindfulness of, of feeling, mindfulness on, of um, the sensations in our bodies when we're relating, um, what we receive through our senses, the seeing only as the seeing and the hearing only as the hearing. So through the direct experience, we may see that... Um, Love is present in, in many different ways, maybe through seeing the suffering of this person or, or maybe through noticing that, that there's, there's a joy, there's a smile in our face when we see that this person is, is happy. Um, another teaching that has been useful to me in, in contemplating these questions of what what I love and and how how I love is impermanence. Dear impermanence, um, to see that that things change and that we change. You know that um, I am not the same I was ten years ago. And um, that when I visit my parents and I see them after a year, this assumption, even taken for granted, that they're going to be there doing the same thing, saying the same thing, cooking the same thing. (laughs) And um, it has not been the case some of the times, um, you know. So when we um, relate to others and then we start fixing, fixing, solidifying them in, in these, all these different ways, this is how this person thinks, this is how this person feels, um, there's a contraction. There's, there's a contraction and maybe a little bit of disconnection between, between each of us, you know? We start suffering because... Not, well, yeah, we start suffering not because we see them as we see that they are changing and then we get upset, but because we make them permanent, because we make ourselves permanent through, through forgetfulness, you know? 
So in permanence, I have learned that sharing, the cherish, cherishing the, the moments that I spend with my dear ones um, may open, may give me more space to, to appreciate them more. And that, you know, as I practice, that will build up. And that when the hard time comes, the difficulties, the conflicts, it's is, is good to remember this person is not going to be here all the time. I don't even know if I'm going to be here, you know, in the next hour after I leave. Hopefully I'll be here. But truly, we don't know. So cherish each single moment. Every moment, just taste it. Be present fully. I'm here with you. There's nothing else more important than being here for you and being here listening fully present in body, in mind. Um, There's always space for a poem when talking about love. And I want to read to you a few verses of this poem that I love. It's called The Knots on Tie from Rumi. And this is what Rumi says here. Fire is whispering a secret in smoke's ear. This alloy wood loves me because I help it live out its purpose. The knots untie and open into absence, as you do with me, my friend, eaten by flame and smoked out into the sky. This is most fortunate. What's unlucky is not to change and disappear. What's unlucky is not to change and disappear. Change in permanence. Many, many situations in which it's great that things change. Improve, improvement, opportunities, reconciliation, starting anew, starting again. What a wonderful thing, my gosh, thank you. Um, so the next teaching um, in looking at this topic of what to love and how do we love is um, the teaching of not independent self. Um, many times in relationships, we think that uh, sometimes when we're not getting what we want, we are, oh my gosh, this is, this is I, I am, I'm not getting what I want. I'm, you know, I'm just going to leave. Or, um, and there, there, is, there is an aspect where, where there's, there's kind of, we, we may think that that is all about us, <laughs> 
That is all about us. You know, we personalize it. I personalize it. And, um, and maybe sometimes I, you know, think that Bruni came here completely independent of every single condition. That nothing intervened for me to be here. And I just landed here out of the blue just as Bruni. No conditions were made or set in place for me to be here. So um, it's hard. It's hard when, when um, thinking that is, things are all about me. It's, it's hard to relate. There's contraction of the heart. Um, there's, there are moments in which um, I remember also being, you know, examples of uh, thinking that I, I was all on my own. I've been on retreats in my early years of practice, and I would leave always before the closure of the retreat. Well, most of the time. I would leave. And that, that went on for several years, you know, as much as I, could, I was able to do it. Until a dear teacher of mine, Michelle, got really concerned about me because I practically disappeared from one retreat. I didn't say goodbye. I didn't say goodbye. And so later when I touched base with her, touched base with her she said, you know, I was really concerned. You know, you were driving home for like five hours, and, and I was really, really concerned that you were going to get home safe. And there was something in that interaction that touched my heart. Seeing that my actions caused some concern, you know, to her, there was a moment of transformation for me at that time. How can, you know, the question of how, how I would be okay when this person is not okay. And, and just, just by the simple action of just saying goodbye, you know, not, not leaving and disappear. So that happened like 12 years ago. And um, what an impact it had on me. That moment of, of feeling her concern, you know. So, like I said before, um, how sometimes we can see that we may have the elements, you know, um, in ourselves. One beautiful way of practicing this teaching or, or realizing that um, there's, there's a, a war of the nature of, of not being independent, not being inherent, is by going out in nature. Go out in nature and, and see, feel the breeze and breathe the earth. Uh, and breathe, yeah, breathe the, the, breathe the air, walk in the earth. And and see that you're also air, that you're also touching the earth. 
solid, grounded, just like what we, you know, when we walk on our feet, that you, you're part of that, that you're not, you know, independent, solo, sola. So, um, The next um, teaching I want to mention is a, is a teaching that in other traditions is, is or a desire is a desire of the desire of of seeing be 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 ourselves happy and see others being happy. In other traditions is is called bodhicitta. That desire of um, See that other that others are happy too. And this one I I is is very dear to my heart. Is um, it has protected me. It has um, nourished me. That feeling. That, that desire that, you know, when I'm relating to someone else, to take into account what is, what, what, what is this person's desires, what, what, where this person is at, you know? Again, not knowing that, not, not thinking that is um, only about me, but thinking that or seeing that, my actions have a rippling effect to many people in the world, not only to the people that relate to me, you know, in a daily basis, one-on-one, but that it may have an impact in many people, and who knows, many other generations. Um, So... Through that desire of of seeing other others happy and and the desire for them to be awakened and for me to be awakened and also to be happy, <clears throat> we can develop ourselves. We can see that through our practice, through mindfulness, and through this desire, we can see okay how how can I cherish? How can I uh, support? that desire? How can I make this happen, you know, for me to be awakened, for me to, to be happy, and how can I support others in that? And um, and for that, we can start by looking at our intentions, by seeing how we, once we have we, we, we are open with our views and open to other uh, people's uh, uh, opinions. And, and we can look at our intentions and set an intention of goodwill. Set an intention of compassion. Or uh, set an intention of, of letting go. Letting go of maybe clinging to 
to situations or 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 even to um, things that may create contraction and contraction and separation in our relationships. So we can we can develop that desire of this person to be happy and to be awakening, and at the same time for us by developing and really looking deeply at our intentions, seeing that that by holding intentions and, and of, of um, non-harming, we protect ourselves and we protect others, and, and we establish a foundation of well-beings for many. Um, with this desire, I have seen in my experience that the precepts are, um, they become, they become something that, something natural. They, they become, in, in, you know, in how to practice, practice these guidelines. Um, it becomes easy or, or uh, just by holding them within that desire of, yes, I want this person to be happy. So how, you know, not, not okay, I'm not going to take, I'm not going to take what is not given. Maybe I ask for it, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe even this person offers it. I don't know. So, um, the precepts is also one way that um, we can we can hold in our daily lives to set the framework and container on on how we love for in a way that benefits and and keep the the well being of ourselves and others. So, in different type of uh, relationships, we also can develop these qualities of the heart that when we combine with compassion and, and liberation, we call the paramis, we can, we can use them, we can cultivate them uh, so that they, they become part of the foundation of our relationships. And I'm talking about um, patience. That's, that's a favorite one for me. Patience. I'm talking about um, integrity. What a wonderful thing, integrity. Uh, to be aligned, you know, aligned with your actions and... and um, through integrity, we can offer safety and trust to others. Um, wisdom, uh, loving kindness, love, what we're talking about today. Um, so they will sustain us and um, they will create a space 
for other people to to feel also spacious when we're when they're relating to us, you know, to feel at ease. Um, they also help us setting the foundation in our relationships, setting setting conditions that everyone can cultivate together. Through them also we can develop kindness. And for those of you that are uh, in romantic relationships here, I have this poem for you and your loved one. It happens all the time in heaven. It happens all the time in heaven, and someday it will begin to happen again on earth. That men and women who are married, and men and men who are lovers, and women and women who give each other light, and thy and thy who love each other too, often will get down on their knees and while so tenderly holding their lover's hand, with tears in their eyes, will sincerely speak, saying, My dear, how can I be more loving to you? How can I be more kind? How can I be more kind? So what do we love and how do we love? One other teaching that we can use in our daily lives to practice kindness, to practice love in a way that supports us and that uh, is beneficial for ourselves, for others, and for, for all, is the Eightfold Path. The Eightfold Path being part of the Four Noble Truths. The Four Noble Truths... Um, part of our um, views that there is suffering, that there is a cause of suffering, cause of clinging, that there is a cessation of suffering, and that there is a path. There is a path to liberate ourselves. So through the Eightfold Path, we can practice in our daily lives. So um, holding like I said, an intention of uh, goodwill. Acting, acting with that intention, we can speak wisely. We can speak with a friendly, honest tone. We can um, know when it's timely to speak, when it's beneficial. We can act 
knowing the impact that we, you know, knowing the intention that is that, that we want to accomplish through that action. There may be many conditions that are not within our control, but at least we set the best intentions, you know, assuming this is, you know, this is, this is my intention and see what happens. Through action, we can do a lot of good in the world. We can, uh, through our livelihood, we can, um, we can choose wisely how we spend our resources, how we use our resources. We can also see... Um, the quality of our effort in our relationships, how we show up. Um, Through mindfulness, we practice to be present, fully present, listening when the other person is speaking without thinking in the middle of the conversation, this is what I'm going to say. Have you been there? I've been there. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah, many times. Start, you know, debating or even arguing because, you know, I become passionate about what I want to say and and like after 15 minutes, Bruni, that's not what I meant. That's not at all what I said. <laughs> um, so, you know, you start again. You start anew in this practice. You know, every moment is, is a new moment. You've seen mindfulness. You've seen whatever shows up in your daily life. You've seen in, at your work. You've seen the telephone as a meditation bell. Just listening the telephone when it rings as the bell. Just, just wait for a few seconds to answer. Just take a moment. Take a breath. Then go ahead and answer. And, and see if you can have spaciousness and openness in how you're listening. Concentration. Again, you know, practicing, practicing uh, loving kindness and compassion and appreciative, appreciative joy and equanimity. And even being fully present with one person when we're relating is, is a way of concentration. Um, I remember... Um, one time in, you know, doing this type of activities uh, on retreat uh, in daily life, in da- I'm sorry, a, a, a practicing a daily life activity in a retreat, like eating. I was just, you know, being there, being present, tasting the food, and out of the blue, Boom. All these people were on my plate. I started visualizing, seeing the farmers who cultivated the food. 
the people that cooked the food, the people that planted the seeds. And, um, yeah, through, through those type of experiences, you can also see how, what does it mean to you to be in the world? How also you relate to people that are far away, you don't even know. How do I love? And what do I love? And um, the last teaching or aspect of the practice that um, has been a wonderful way to explore this topic is the Buddha Dharma Sangha, the Sangha, the community. You and you and you and you and you too in the back. <laughs> Sangha. We learn so much from each other. We support so much each other. It's a wonderful thing that you're doing. Coming here on a Thursday night. Your service. It's a beautiful thing. Someone, ta- someone asked me one time, when did you realize you were not practicing alone? You know, I've been coming to this meditation hall and many times I come and sit and meditate, but, you know, I just, I, I don't know, I feel alone. I, when did you realize that you were not practicing alone? And, and, and I would say that it, it was, you know, in that moment that I, that I realized that I was more the same thing that I was telling you before about solidifying someone. At the moment in which I stopped seeing myself as that too, solidifying myself and seeing I'm much more than this. I'm much more than this body. I'm much more than all these different opinions I have about myself. You know? Then I started seeing everyone around me. Then I started feeling this warmth in my heart, really appreciating the company, really noticing how someone will offer something to someone else or we all, or would open the door for someone else or we talk to someone else sangha sangha is an amazing thing we cultivate spiritual friendships that support us sangha is like the soil where we, as seeds, we plant each other into, into that soil, into that sangha. So nourish it. Cultivate it. Be part of it wholeheartedly. Um, 
So I want to close with the Metta Sutta. And um, my wish for all of you is that um, you cultivate whatever whatever sustains you and that friendliness and compassion and appreciative joy and equanimity be with you wherever you go. That every opportunity you have, you, you take advantage of it and develop them. So here is the Metta Sutta, and I want to say I like to read it right, you know, at this time because one of the benefits is that you sleep better with the Metta Sutta. So this is of those who are skilled and peaceful, who seek the good. May they be able and upright, straightforward, of gentle speech and not proud. May they be content and easily supported, unburdened with their senses calmed. May they be wise and not arrogant, without desire for the possessions of others. May they do nothing mean or that the wise would reprove. May all beings be happy. May they live in safety and joy, all living beings, whether weak or strong, tall, stout, average or short, seen or seen, near or distant. May they all be happy. Let no one deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none, by anger or hatred, wish harm to another. As a parent watches over her child, over her, his, or thy child, willing to risk her, his, her, and thy own life to protect the only child, so with a boundless heart, should one protect each living being, suffusing the world with an obstructed loving kindness, standing or walking, sitting or lying down, during all, wake, all one's waking hours, may one remain mindful of the, this heart and way of living that is the best in the world unattached to speculations, views, and sense desires. With a clear vision, such a person will never, will never be reborn in the cycles of suffering. So, may the fruit of your practice um, benefit all beings everywhere without exception. Thank you for your attention. <laughs>